You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey everybody and welcome to the 10th episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Now Chip, this is spontaneous. I didn't run this by you right here, but I've been planning this all day. I have to go on a little rant. I just need a minute to, to get this off my chest. All right. I think we're going to, this is a, this is a possibility that this might happen several times on this podcast. I might have a rant. And where I'm going with this is I'm watching the summer league and all I'm seeing is my boy, Dennis Smith Jr. Lighting it up in the summer league right now. And it, it, it's killing me. It's killing me. Everybody's talking about him, how good he looks. I mean, playing at such a high level and they're saying, yes, it's summer league, but it's against professionals and he still looks good. And I can't agree. I couldn't agree more with them. I mean, it's so impressive what he's doing and I can't help but think this could have been in a Nick uniform. I know it sounds like a broken record, but I'm just going to keep saying it because it's so painful to watch. I'm, I was kind of hoping he would just bomb in the summer league to make me feel better, but it's not happening. He's just dominating, and it's making me sick to my stomach. So, Frank Nielakina, you got to do better than, than what they're projecting with you or predicting with you. I need you to become a star. That is the only way that I will be able to live with myself. I can sleep at night. If you become a very productive player and become better than Dennis Smith Jr. or even Malik Monk, I can. I, I need you to do this because right now I, I'm just hating life. And I know I'm not the only Nick fan, Chip. I, I've seen so many people talking about Dennis Smith Jr. and, and, and saying the same thing as I am. Yeah. I mean, have you have you watched them? Uh, I've watched uh, Dennis Smith Jr., yeah. I made a point to watch Dennis Smith Jr. as one of the rookies to watch at Summer League. And yeah, I mean... I think it's disappointing for every Knicks fan, especially because Frank didn't play. Exactly. He got hurt and didn't play in any of the summer league games. So now we're all watching the point guard that the Knicks didn't pick, and we're watching him be amazing, too. Put up 20 points, and it's like, oh, God. Because you know he's going to score, regardless of how this translates to the regular season, just based off of this, you know Dennis Smith's going to score in mm-hmm. the season, and we know Frank is. Yep. And, and you know Dennis Smith's going to make highlight real plays, and Frank probably isn't going to play very much. So next year, at least, it's going to be difficult to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to remain patient with it, and maybe it's a good thing that Frank Nielakina did not play in the summer league because there's nothing to compare him to. We still haven't seen him yet. So I, that that's a positive right there, but, I mean, it's killing me seeing him play at such a high level. Yeah, I see that he, he was compared to Steve Francis. That's what a lot of people are comparing uh, Dennis Smith Jr., but when you watch him, I see a, a, a young Derrick Rose before the injury. I mean, the athleticism, the explosiveness. I mean, they were talking about how the recovery from that ACL injury that he suffered in high school has actually made him stronger and increased his vertical leap even more. And it's just, it's killing me. It's killing me. 
And now that I got that rant out of the way, we can begin with what we have on the show. And where we're going to start is with the New York Knicks' only offseason move so far. Tim Hardaway Jr., the four-year, $71 million contract. And uh, Chip, I'm curious, what was your reaction when you, you heard the news that Tim Hardaway Jr. signed that offer sheet? Shocked at first, and then I, and then I went into a state of, oh, right, it's the Knicks. <laughs> I can't believe I actually thought they were going to do something properly. Uh, this is just what they do. They give $71 million to a guy overpay by about $25 million. They give a guy a 15% trade kicker, mm. which means they'll have to pay him even more money if they want to trade him. It makes his contract impossible to move. And on top of that, the fourth year is a player option, which you know he's not going to opt out of. Exactly. Oh, man. And even if he does become like the superstar player that Steve Mills thinks he is, He'll opt out after three years, and then what? They're going to have to pay him even more money? But, yes, the worst part about it is that they overpaid by $25 million. That's hard, because all the reports came out, the Hawks were willing to go to 45 to $48 million. Mm. So the Knicks overpaid hugely. But, also, they had Courtney Lee. They didn't need... Shooting guard was not a position of need. Mm-hmm. And now... You went out and you overpaid for, of all positions, a position you didn't need. And you, uh, when you're rebuilding, you shouldn't be just throwing so much money at a position you don't need. And on top of that, you were, your defense was your biggest flaw last year. And Tim Hardaway is a bad defensive player. He's not going to help you defensively. And you remove Courtney Lee and add Tim Hardaway, you become worse defensively. And I see all these Knicks fans on social media talk about Tim Hardaway's shooting. I mean, he's a career 35% shooter from three-point range. He shot 35% last season on 5.3 attempts per game, and he shot below 40% on mid-range attempts. He's an average shooter, man. I mean... He's an average shooter. He's not a better shooter than Courtney Lee, Matt. He's not a better yeah. shooter than Courtney Lee. overpaid for a guy based on potential who isn't better than Courtney Lee right now, in my opinion, who at maybe at, at best is a lateral move from him to Lee overall. Yes, he put up more points than Lee last year, but on the Knicks, is he going to put up 14 points a game next year? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. And even so, that's what, four more points per game than Lee's worth? Is that really worth giving him $20 million more than Lee has? I, I don't think he's worth $20 million more than Courtney Lee. I, I don't think it was in any way. All the people that I see defending the Hardaway contract, I, you're dreaming if you think he's going to turn into a guy who's worth this much money. It's crazy. Yeah, I, 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 my reaction when I saw it was, Lord, please let Atlanta match this. Just, just let them yeah. match this. Yeah. I will, I will, I will. I, I would greatly appreciate if the Hawks just, just give them the same kind of money. And, and look, Tim Hardaway Jr. did have a career year last year, but 
not a career year that you pay him the $20 million per year. That, that just, to me, made absolute no sense. I mean, when you look at the positives, yes, it, it's another young guy that they drafted, they're familiar with, they liked him, especially where he can help the Knicks in, in transition. That's something that uh, I mentioned on the show before. The Knicks really struggled with transition offense. And a few years ago, Tim Hardaway Jr. was our biggest threat in the open court. He's a guy that can finish around the rim, uh, very athletic. But you gave him $20 million for a guy whose career average or career high is 14.5 points a game. And I just – it was mind-boggling to me. I think this was – this is not what I said. This was um on our – Slack, our communication app that we use at Elite Sports to talk um, with all the writers, um, and, and Zach Cronin made a very good point when, when this news broke that he said uh, that Dion Waiters got, what, $50 million around there, and you're giving Tim Hardaway Jr. $71 million. They're basically they're basically the the same players. I mean, they're very similar in production, and you're giving him seventy one million dollars, and it's embarrassing at this point. I mean, you can see writers just having a field day with this contract. I've seen you know, articles saying, "Do the Knicks think they're signing his father?" You know, the five-time All-Star player. I, I, I mean, what what are they doing here? I, I was listening to the Dan Levitard show earlier today, and it, it's it's so embarrassing right now when you when you think uh, how much fun the media is having making fun of the Knicks for these moves they make. This is so typical New York Knicks. It just doesn't end. It's just constantly. One thing after another. I mean, look, last week we all got a victory when Phil Jackson's out the door, but nothing, to no surprise, has changed. It's still just stupidity. And I was mentioning the Dan Levertard show. They were having a blast laughing about this, talking about the New York Knicks plan to take down the Golden State Warriors is Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> That that's that's gonna do it for the Knicks. That's gonna put them ahead, make them champions. I mean, and I couldn't agree more. You see what other teams are doing, building and trying to close the gap on Golden State, and the way the New York Knicks are doing is Tim Hardaway Jr. Are you kidding me? This contract made absolutely no sense. Look, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a bad player. He's not somebody that is. He, he is somebody that you would want on your roster. He does a lot of things well. He's terrible defensively, but yeah. he, he does a lot of things yeah. well, but not for the amount of money the Knicks are giving him. It was so foolish, and, and it was like nothing was happening in, in free agency so far for them, and they just felt like the need. They had to make a move. For what? If you don't have anybody that you want to sign or can give them the money – Put the money away for another rainy day. Put it away. Build your team. You'll still have that money. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. Steve Mills, uh, Steve Mills wants to be president, as mm-hmm. you know, and we'll get into more of that in our next segment. We'll yep. about that. But uh, he wants to be president, and he wants to prove to James Stone that he can, and he didn't think he could do that while going 
completely uh, moveless to uh, during free agency. He felt yep. like he had to make a move to justify uh, to Jim Dolan that he could be president of the team. And in his mind, I guess this is the move. But I'm sure he tried to talk other guys into coming to New York. Look, it's not like he's going to be able to talk Chris Paul into coming to New York. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean he should dole out $17 million to Tim Hardaway Jr. Like yeah. you said, at $10 million, $12 million, four years, $45 million, the Knicks should have considered that for Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. But $16 million, $16.5 million they pay Tim Hardaway Jr. next year. Tim Hardaway Jr. counts for 17% of their cap next year. That's the 35% of the cap next year is on Tim Hardaway and Joe Quinoa. And, I mean... And that, that's... Jesus, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's what's mind-boggling, that those two have like some of the biggest contracts on the team. They don't give enough production to warrant that. And you see Tim Hardaway Jr., it, I, I, again, it's just why? Why panic and make this move? I, I mean, to me, I think Tim Hardaway Jr., if you gave him $55 million, if you did that and you knew you had to pay a little bit more to get him to take him away from Atlanta, I wouldn't have been as dumbfounded of this contract. If they paid $55 million, maybe a little bit closer to 60 still not great. But you gave away such a huge chunk of the payroll to a guy who's a borderline second-tier player. He's he's just had a career year. You don't know. that It could be that it was a contract year for him. He's trying to make money. Sometimes that's the case. Guys put in exactly. a lot of production on a contract year. We see it so many times in sports. And, you know, the people that are defending this move. Yeah, the people that are defending this move think, oh, man, look what he did last year. He's going to build off of it. I hope. I hope he does because we're in this contract and that's what the Knicks need. And I hope that he does progress and continue to become more of a, an NBA all-star type player. But I have my doubts. I think, you know, he's, like I said, does a lot of things well. But in the end, I think this is just another head-scratching move that you, the Knicks panic. They felt like they needed to spend the money, and they foolishly did it. And that's why the Knicks are going to continue to be where they are. It's just, it's embarrassing almost to be a Knicks fan. I mean, everywhere you look, I mean, listen, I'm in South Carolina, and they get mocked. They get made fun of all the time. I get heck for for supporting this team. And it's just... South Carolina, gee. Yeah, it's... It's terrible. Like they, they, people make fun of them down here because it just never ends. And I get so much heck from my friends or you know people that see me wearing my Nick gear out. And, and this is exactly why things like this. You just you want to put a bag over your head, you know, and hide all that stuff. It makes no sense to give him a seventy-one million dollar contract. People that are supporting it, you can be optimistic about it all that you want. But I think by the end of it, we will see that this contract was not worth the production that he's going to give. I think he can be a nice player. He can certainly help out the team. But it's overspending. 
and I, I, again, just save the money until you can get another piece. Somebody that's actually worth that kind of money. You're, you're basically handcuffing yourself. I mean, next year's free agency, there's going to be free agents again. Yeah, again, those big names are going to be very hard to draw into New York. I get that. And that's why the Knicks really got to start building through the draft, getting young talent to come and play for this team. That attracts those free agents. Right now, the Knicks don't have a whole lot of that other than Persingas. And I know uh, Willie Heron Gomez, or Billy Heron Gomez, excuse me, is a, a nice piece as well. But. Again, you're handcuffing yourself next year now because you're committed to this money for what? It just makes no sense. It's it's typical New York Knicks, Chip. Just like you said, it's. I don't even know why I'm surprised they did something like this. I, I just at this point, it's like second nature. They can't help themselves. But we're gonna wrap up this segment. All right, well, you got something else? No, 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 no. I didn't. I was just gonna agree with you. I was just gonna agree with you. All right, well, we're going to wrap up this segment, and when we come back, we're going to talk about David Griffin withdrawing his name from the Knicks' consideration of being their next general manager. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everybody. Matt Castillo, the co-host of the Knicks' State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Now, the New York Knicks had serious discussions with David Griffin to make him the new general manager, president of basketball operations, basically to come in and, and replace Phil Jackson. And for a good 24 hours, maybe a little less, it looked like the New York Knicks were going to bring him in. By last night, things went horribly wrong. Another typical New York Knicks thing. This doesn't shock me. But he withdrew his name from consideration of the vacant spot to run the New York Knicks. And Chip, are you surprised by this? No. No, not at all. I mean... You know, it like you said, at one one minute it looked like he was gonna be the GM and then one second it didn't. And you know, ESGN reported that he was having dinner with uh Steve Mills and everything was going great. And then like the next day or whatever it came out that he was withdrawing his name from consideration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason wasn't exactly a surprise. They uh they couldn't agree on a role for him, he wanted to have full authority over basketball decisions, and he wanted to bring in his own staff, and the Knicks didn't want that. You know, they have their own guys. They, uh, like, uh, the Daily News said that Griffin would have wanted to fire Alan Houston, who's been there for a long time, and I believe it's the current assistant general manager, mm-hmm. and to make room for one of his own people. And which is totally understandable. That's what a general manager does when he comes in. He brings in his own people. You know, Griffin has a trusted inner circle, obviously. So, and uh, I think ESPN wrote about all those people. They uh, helped him win a. They helped him get to three straight finals and win one of those finals. Yep. Build the team. So yeah, look. I mean, God forbid, a general manager who's been in the league 
for, who's been associated with the league for like 20 years, would want to remake a front office in its own image and get rid of guys who have been doing it unsuccessfully for 20 years. <laughs> I yep. mean, come on. This, uh, it's like you said, like classic Knicks. I mean, look, you know what it says is, it says Steve Mills is in charge, and this was all just a, a farce. I, I think it was all done to make it look like the Knicks were looking for someone when really Steve Mills was going to be in charge for the mm-hmm. near future, yep. at least. And when I see the news, doesn't shock me like I, I just said. And I'm kind of just – I'll go back for a second with – the news that he wanted complete control. And actually, I'll, I'll go back because this just popped in my head that I need to address just because it, it something else that I saw. Now, obviously, it doesn't really matter, but I got to get it out there. There was people that were excited about David Griffin being hired by the New York Knicks because they were under the impression that David Griffin was the key to get LeBron James to come to New York next year. Um, for you people that thought that, go get help immediately. That that was never the case. Will not happen. I have to get that off my chest. I, I've seen that several times the last few days of people like, oh, LeBron's coming. You said that. I, I never saw that anywhere. I saw it. In a, I can't believe people actually thought that. In some forums, in some Facebook comments, somebody said, bro, we're going to get LeBron James. I, I'm not mentioning names. But I just I could not believe it. I, I stop. Would not happen. That is irrelevant, obviously, because he is gone. But I had to get that off my chest. Now, when you go to the news that he he wanted full control of the organization, me personally, what has anybody in that organization done right in the last decade? Nothing. If James Dolan was smart. You get this guy in who has a proven track record of being successful, and, and, and if he really cared about fixing the Knicks, which we talked about last week, he, he's not. He wants money. That's what he's in for. He's making money. He doesn't care if the Knicks are winning. He doesn't. But if he did, let this man come in and, and, and do his job. He, he's won before. You know, when they say wipe out the whole staff, the only person that I think should get – a, a, a shot is Jeff Hornacek. I don't know if that means David Griffin comes in and, and wipes out everybody. I don't think that probably would have happened, at least this year, because it's so late already. Why would you you know, get rid of a whole coaching staff? I think it was more of the management like Allen Houston. Uh, and look, Allen Houston was a great Nick. But I, to this day, I don't even know if he does anything within the Knicks organization or just shows up at events and smiles. That's that's my take no, on what he, I have does. No idea what he does. I don't. I never understood what he gets paid to do, because whatever it is, it's not working at all. Well, so his title, I think, is I think his title is assistant general manager, and he's general manager of the D League team. I think. Wow. Um, let me. Yeah, yeah. His title is he's assistant assistant general manager, and he's the general manager of the D League team. So, or G League team, they changed it to G League. So, look, I. So, what's the point? Since general managers around the league, I know they get general manager jobs all the time, so they must have a lot of responsibility. But I don't know how much responsibility he had under Phil Jackson because. 
I, Phil Jackson only really did. Yeah, I don't know. He's always been that kind of guy to me that really is just Dolan's buddy. So he's just there. And I don't yeah, want that's, I mean, that's why he has the job. He's Dolan's friend. That's uh, why he has the job. This is just, again, just, I don't even know why I'm shocked. You, you rejected a guy that, as you just mentioned, has been to three straight championships who has a proven track record of being successful. And we just we, – we, we don't even give him a chance because you want to play buddy. You want to be people's friends. That's why, once again, the Knicks are just not going anywhere. You know, We talked about this last week. The, the true problem is Dolan. And that is the case because he, he his friends get all these made-up positions. They don't do anything. And I'm telling you, I just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Knicks right now. It's so dark. It's almost that, you know, I, I said a few weeks ago that I'm excited for basketball. I miss basketball already, and I do. And I still I, – I even miss the Knicks. I mean, as terrible as they are, I miss them. But it, it makes you question why. Things like this, things like the Tim Hardaway Jr. signing. It just, it's just, we're, we're literally the laughing stock. I mean, gosh, I really think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be better than us this year. Like, I, I, I was clinging on to the hope that we wouldn't be as bad as them. I, I think they're going to be better than us. They made one of the worst trades in NBA history when they made that deal a few years ago, gave all those draft picks to the Celtics. And my goodness, they're in a better situation than us. How does that happen? I mean, maybe I'm being a little dramatic. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. They hired a smart general manager with a plan. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Yeah. A competent general manager with a plan. Okay. And, and here we are, Steve Mills. And, and here's something else I'm going to throw at you, Chip, just to get your opinion on it, because a lot of people believe it. I, I've, I've been hearing it. A lot of people believe that that Tim Hardaway Jr. signing was a sabotage move on Mills's part, knowing that not too many people are going to be thrilled about the, the players that are under contract with them. They're stuck, and, and people are going to stay away from the next job. Nobody's going to take that, leaving Steve Mills in charge. Do, do you agree with that? Do you see that being the case? Is Steve Mills sabotaging the Knicks here so he can have that position? Well, that sounds like a conspiracy theory thing to me, but that would be very smart because uh, the Tim Hardaway Jr. thing would definitely turn off people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but ultimately, look, David Griffin turned down the money because he he didn't want to deal with all the politics after uh, the thing in Cleveland where he got pushed out by the owner, even after going to three straight finals because the owner didn't want to deal with Pena. So, yeah, he didn't want to deal with politics. He didn't want to deal with the Knicks politics. But ultimately, there will come along a guy who's going to say, I will take your money, despite you having Tim Hardaway's terrible contract on the books. And look, maybe, look, Maybe they'll name Alan Houston general manager. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been there forever. Um, yeah, I, I just think that it looks now like things are just going to go back to the way they were, where Dolan is going to have his have his say, and Dolan's guy is going to be running the team. Look, yep. I, I wrote a piece about David Griffin, and 
for Elite Sports NY, and I said we had a chance to have LeBron's guy that LeBron trusted running the team. And instead, now we have James Dolan's guy that James Dolan trusts running the team. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, is this really, because it was about, like, all the Knicks fans who don't respect uh, David Griffin and think that it's not really a big deal that David Griffin didn't get the job and are okay with it. And it was like, is this really okay with you that we went from LeBron's guy to James Dolan's guy? It's like, come on. Like, I just don't understand why Knicks fans are okay with Steve Mills. A lot of them seem to be okay with it. And the only reason, like, I, I touched on this last week, uh, if the Knicks are waiting for the right guy, but they're not. They're, like you said, his closest friends in position to run the team for whatever reason, thinking that's going to benefit the team. It, it, it just makes them worse. And if you're somebody that right now says, okay, we didn't get David Griffin, it's no big deal. I guarantee you in a few years, wherever he lands and you see the position he's putting that team, you're going to be thinking, we had a chance to grab him. You'll, you'll rethink what you might have thought wasn't a loss. Because I'll tell you what, I, I guarantee you David Griffin's going to get a job and he's going to turn around a, a franchise or at least get them in a better state than they are now. There's going to be a team that needs him, and he's going to help build And Right now, we're stuck with Steve Mills. People complained about Phil Jackson, rightfully so. Now we're going to have the issues with Steve Mills. And already, this is the first notch in his run – as this Tim Hardaway Jr. signings, overspending for him. Kind of like, to me, Phil Jackson's first error was trading Tyson Chandler and firing Coach Woodson. This That was the start of just pure stupidity. I think we're seeing that right now with Steve Mills. It's something that just, it's, it's like a vicious cycle. It just continues. And it's, Again, all you can say is it's Dolan. He's going to continue to do it, and it's sickening. It's wrong because, I, I, look, I, I know the Knicks fans are passionate about our team. We support them no matter what. And you would think that an owner would appreciate that. You, you, do you see the Garden sold out every 42 games? Yeah. They're there no matter what. And as an owner, I would think you would be thinking about giving something to those fans who are always there. But yet, no, he just wants to make money and and doesn't give a crap what happens with this Nick team. And it's so wrong, it's so frustrating, and it's just sickening. And I I, I just don't, like I said, I don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel. It just seems like the Knicks are going to be a, a wreck. They already kind of are a wreck, but I, I think it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And we're going to wrap up this segment, but when we come back, we're going to discuss the rumors with Carmelo Anthony and also the reports of the interest of Rajon Rondo being signed to the Knicks. So we'll get into that when we get back. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter 
at at Chipper Murphy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. And once again, Carmelo Anthony and those trade rumors are swirling around. It seems like this just never ends. Uh, but there, there's some reports out there saying that this one is close to being done. I, I know there's a lot of everybody that's thinking that they're a journalist on Twitter and tweeting out that they heard sources saying that it's going to be done later this week. And you got to be careful from people that you, you listen to because not everybody has credibility. But there are some credible sources who are, are saying that it, it's possible that Carmelo Anthony could be traded to Houston. And Chip, I'm kind of curious to get your reaction to this. Do you think this is just more rumors, or do you think there's some truth here? Do you think it's finally going to happen that Carmelo Anthony is traded? I think where there's smoke, there's fire. So in terms of NBA rumors, and when there's been this persistent of a rumor, like there has been with Melo to the Rockets, I think it means that they're definitely trying hard because the Rockets are the most aggressive team in the NBA. They're always trying for the next trade, Houston. So, I, I mean, I think they're definitely trying to get him, and I think it's only a matter of time. I mean, his old teammate in Denver, Nene, just, uh, I'm just looking at Twitter, and Nene just posted on his Instagram page a picture of Melo in a Rockets jersey. Yeah, so, and as we know, Melo just re-upped in uh, Houston, and Nene wrote uh, that Melo would look great in a in a Rockets yep. jersey, and uh, that he can't wait to get back on old times like in Denver with him. So I mean, look, I'm not saying it's a done deal because anything can happen in the NBA. Maybe he gets traded to Cleveland. We don't know, but right now. Everything that's being reported looks like it's only a matter of time until he's playing with the Rockets, which to me, from the Rockets' perspective, I still don't get it because I don't think he makes – I don't think he fits their offense, but yeah. I guess Tony and Daryl Morey just figure we'll get a great score and make it work. I don't know, but – It is curious because you know the bad relationship those two had in New York – and here it is again, that they, they could be meeting up once again. I think this is obviously a different circumstance because Houston has such a strong cast already that I mean, I don't really yeah. see Melo and, and D'Antoni butting heads there. And look, their general manager has said it's an orange race. So do I think there's truth to Houston trying to aggressively get Carmelo Anthony? Absolutely. I think they're trying to really make a run for Golden State because, look, they, they made a lot of good moves. Uh, they got Chris Paul. That could be a deal where it's really only one year. So they may not have a long window to really run with Golden State. Shoot, even Golden State might not have that long window because Kevin Durant will be opting out once again after this season. So it, it's one of those things that it kind of just depends. But right now, Golden State is the team that you're trying to chase. And when you're trying to do that, that they made, like I said, made some good moves. Still don't think they're there yet. I think adding a guy like Carmelo Anthony gives them even more firepower. I mean, Houston can score a lot of points. I mean, they we we seen them even outshoot Golden State last year in the regular season. I mean, they they can put up points. They can shoot the basketball. Bringing in a guy like Melo only helps with the scoring. And, and you mentioned also the the rumors though with. 
Cleveland. I mean, once again, I heard that the Cavaliers are still not giving up on their pursuit of Carmelo Anthony. I mean, I heard even that they're willing to give us Shumpert back. Wow. Great deal. Oh, yeah. Great. I mean, why not? We'll have a reunion of Shumpert and and, and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Maybe down the line we'll get J.R. Smith back. Whatever. Just cool. You know, it can be just one of those Nick reunions. But it's – to me, I, I do believe that they're aggressively trying to get him. And, and I think if a deal's going to be done, it's kind of a reports that you've been hearing on television – it's going to take three teams. You know, they're they're going to need to get... Oh, it's going to be a three-team trade. Yeah. yeah, I think so. There's going to have to be more parties involved. Um, and, Chip, I kind of... If the Knicks are going to pull a trigger on this trade, what do you think they should be looking to get? Obviously, it might not be a whole lot because that's just... You know, I think the Knicks might not be in a situation where they're getting a whole lot other than getting rid of Carmelo Anthony's contract. But if you're the Knicks, you're looking to make this deal, what are you looking to get in return? Well, you, you have to get at least a, one first-round pick. Mm-hmm. You're probably only going to be able to get one at this point after you waited so long to deal it. But you have, so you have to get one, and it's got to be unprotected. Uh, you know, the Lakers got the Lakers got a first for uh, Luke Williams. So you got to get a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you got to get a at least one rotation player, uh, the, a, a guy who can come in and start right away. Because Melo's a, you're not going to get a star for Carmelo. You never get equal value. That's a misconception. You never, nobody ever gets equal value in a trade yeah. for a superstar in the NBA. Yeah. So you're not going to get equal value for Carmelo. What you need to get is get a first round pick who maybe can turn into something you hope and and get a guy who can come in and start right away. That's it. It's because you're taking away a starter uh, with Carmelo and you're taking away a guy, a huge portion of your production. So a guy who can start and replace some of Carmelo's production. That's what you need. Like I've seen Mo Harkless from Portland, who's a three like Carmelo. Uh, he could come in and, and start in Melo's place. I guess if they want that, or I've also seen that they might keep Courtney Lee and maybe start Lee and Tim Hardaway. Yeah. Um, I don't know that a three team trade with Portland seems like something that could happen. I don't know. Mo Harkless is a name that's been thrown out and connected with the Knicks for a long time. So, but that also has to do with the fact that, uh, he went to, uh, uh, St. John. Yeah. He's from Queens. And I'm with you exactly with the draft pick. If I'm going to trade Kamala Anthony, I better get a draft pick because the Knicks need to stack up on that. That That's only way that they're going to get out of this complete darkness that they're in is getting good, young, talented players. I've said that time and time again, but it's the truth. That's what's needed. And it's kind of like well, also what you said, that they're not going to get equal value. And I think back to when the the Knicks made the trade for Kamala Anthony – uh, the Denver Nuggets worked. It worked out into a good deal for them because, in fact, they had a better. They had a better record. They have a better record. Not that they did. They have a better record since making that trade, getting guys like Gallinari, Wilson Chandler. Uh, I don't think 
that that kind of trade is going to be done here for the Knicks. I don't expect that kind of result. I don't think we're going to get much, like I just said. I think the main thing is trying to get a, a, a draft pick and somebody that could come in and fill some – you're not going to match Kamal Anthony's production. You're going to lose out on that, but you've got to try to stop the bleeding somehow. Um, Harkless is a name. And I just think, you know, it would be nice to get a trade like the, the Denver Nuggets got when they got some of the pieces from the, the Knicks because it worked out so well for them and they stayed competitive and, you know, had uh, clinch playoff bursts with those players they got. I, that's wishful thinking at this point. I don't think, like I said, I think the main thing is draft picks and we clear the cap space of Camelo Anthony. With that being said, we're going to move on to reports that are being uh, made for the New York Knicks. Uh, the search for another guard. I think the Knicks are well aware that they got to find a guard. I, I don't think Frank Nielakina, I don't even know if they're convinced that Frank Nielakina is ready to start right now. And that means, like we talked about, we talked about Derrick Rose, and I think that that's losing steam, Chip. I know you're happy about that because you want to stay away from Derrick Rose. Uh, and, you know, there was reports with him that he was uh, high on the Knicks, Phil Jackson leaves, and now they're not so high on him. But another name that's popped up is Rajon Rondo. And I'm kind of curious to see your take on that, Chip. Would you like Rajon Rondo in a Nick uniform? Uh, if it's on one-year deal, yeah, I'd be okay with it. A lot of people are high off him. You know, he's come the last time he played with that great game two against the Celtics, when, you know, you almost had a triple-double. Mm-hmm. He had 11 points, 14 assists, 9 rebounds, and he had 5 steals. So, you know, and he was playing great. Uh, he played great defense against Isaiah Thomas, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went. they went up 2-0, and then he went down, and, of course, they lost 4 straight. Not yeah. that they would have beat the Celtics, so, but it looked like they were going to beat the Celtics. They didn't just beat him in that game, too. They whooped them. Yep. So, and they beat him in Boston. But... Yeah, uh, that's the last time we saw him. So the, the last time we saw Rondo, he looked pretty damn good. Now, with that said, he had his problems last year. He had issues with the coach again. Uh, but I think he would be a good mentor to Frank because everybody said he was great with the young players on the Bulls last year. So uh, the Knicks don't have a lot of money to spend, so I'm not sure if he'd be willing to sign on a discounted deal. Mm-hmm. And he signed on a one-year deal. I think his last two contracts have both been one-year deals where he dropped it out. Uh, so I'm not sure he'd be willing to sign a third straight one-year deal, especially when he knows he's not going to be on the team again next year. Uh, and he's probably looking to make as much money as possible now. Who knows how many more years he's got left. But, you know, there's not a lot of options. At the same time, yeah. there's probably a reason that he hasn't signed yet. There's probably not a, a large market for him. I know I read the Lakers were interested in him. You know, they might be looking for him to mentor Lonzo Ball, and that's probably more tempting to him than mentoring Frank Milikina. Yep. So who, who knows? I mean, we'll see. I Look, you mentioned Dark Rose, and I've made my feelings about Dark Rose on here very clear. 
I'd rather uh, CJ Watson from the Orlando Magic was uh, released today. Yes, I saw that. Um, I'd rather I'd rather them bring in CJ Watson and start Ron Baker than bring back Derrick Rose. Okay. So, I mean, I think cutting ties with Derrick Rose completely is just the best way to go. But Rondo would be my preference over Rose for sure. And when I hear the reports, I see the reports that Rondo does have interest, so perhaps he is willing to take another one-year, maybe even a two-year deal, because, again, the Knicks are not looking for a long-term deal right here. This is just to buy some time, somebody to mentor Frank Nielakina. And, listen, Rondo is still a very good player. I think, you know, a lot of people have lost sight of that. He can still play at a high level, and like you mentioned, he had the, the Boston Celtics. They were in some trouble when he was on the floor. He was playing at a high level and playing well. And I would like to see the combination of him and Porzingis. I think, you know, look what he did with Kevin Garnett. You know, basically Kevin Garnett was just a guy that would trail up the floor as Rondo pushed it, and then he would just dump it off to him, and, and he had a wide-open 15-footer, which, by the way, that that's a shot Porzingis can hit. So... You, and you you see when he was with um, Boogie, it was his highest assist totals of, of his career. So having a, a power forward that can score the basketball like Przingis can, that can be a good fit. I think the problem with Rondo is kind of like you said, he had problems with the coaching staff, and that's basically been his, his the thing about him his whole entire career. And I also say, or in, in my opinion, I think he checks out. I think when things aren't going quite right, he has a bad attitude. That could be something the New York Knicks. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I mean, you see it. Yeah, it's a he's pouty, and that's something that the New York Knicks may have to stay away from. But when you're looking at the talent that he has. I, I, I still believe that Rondo has some all-star point guard in him. I really do. I I think the reason why people are not so interested is because of the issues with coaching staffs and and his poutiness. That really affects him. That that makes people not wanting to work with him. Um, And I know I said I would bring back Rose. I honestly would, between the two, because I didn't know if Ronda was a possibility, I would actually agree with you, Chip, that I would bring in Rose over, um, excuse me, Rondo over Rose. Rondo much better defensively, and he can really impact the game on that end of the floor. You know, he's not a great shooter, which Rose isn't either. Um, he, he's, a, he's a bit of a liability there with the, an open 10-foot shot. He's not able to hit it consistent, consistently. But Yeah, it can be four on five. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. where it can be four on five right. on offense. They can double-team a guy like Przingis and leave him open. and Yeah. You get a little frustrated because he's not able to hit the shots. But the way he moves the basketball, if you bring him in, I think that helps you. I really do. So if this is something that if you want to stay competitive, then you need to get Rondo. It's simple as that. If you want to totally just tank and that means you're you're giving up on Carmelo Anthony. You'll get that trade done, and you can bring in somebody like Watson. Which Watson's not a bad player, but I don't think he's at the level of Rondo. 
I don't think he will have the impact like Rondo would have. So to me, it's just you're kind of in between. Are the Knicks competing for a championship? Obviously not. Could they compete for a playoff spot with Rondo if they held on to Kamel Anthony and Brzingis? The, the East is weak. I think they have a chance for one of the bottom seeds. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but I'm saying you know you can make a, a pretty competitive team with Rondo, Przingis, and Carmelo Anthony. But if you're shopping Carmelo Anthony, I don't I don't see him in the picture. But I'm just saying if, if it doesn't work out, and you're bringing a guy like Rondo. Knicks can be pretty competitive. I, I kind of hope that they are. I, I want to see a competitive team, but. You get rid of Carmelo Anthony, I don't see the point of bringing in Rondo. I'd rather just make a low-key move with Watson. But if if the Knicks are serious about it, he's a guy that can still play and help out a team. So I think it's something that it should be considered, and it is being considered, and I, I think they should pull the trigger on him. He's a veteran guy that can really help Neil Aquina, very similar defensive-minded players it makes a lot of sense to me it, it does and yeah, I think it's I think the Rondo thing's interesting because I'm not sure if the ball is in his court or if it's or if it's in the Knicks court like uh, exactly two more yeah versus, like how many offers how many offers does Rondo have exactly the are desperate for another point guard at yeah this point. to me it would uh, seem that Rondo would have other Rondo has. yeah he would have better opportunities than the Knicks, in my opinion, I think. I think it's something that the Knicks yeah, probably like need him more. the Lakers. Yeah. yeah, or even the Clippers. Going back with Doc, mm-hmm. that could be a good fit for him. So I, I think there's better opportunities. I think the Knicks will probably be on his list, but there should be teams that are ahead of the Knicks, like you said, the Lakers and the Clippers. I think those teams... If I'm Rondo, I would rather go play for them than the Knicks. But if they're not interested, you can have some uh, moments in New York. I-, I think so. And I think that's all the time that we have. Really quick, um, just because it's the MLB All-Star week, or not weekend, but the NBA or MLB All-Star festivities going on, the Home Run Derby. Chip, are you in the baseball? Uh, yeah, not as much as the NBA, of course, but mm-hmm. I do. I'm a Yankees fan. Well, the home run derby is about to, to take place, and uh, who do you got winning? Uh, Aaron Judge. There we go. I mean, like I said, I'm a Yankees fan. I think yep. he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna do it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's. Uh, I watch a lot of Yankees games. He's, mm-hmm. Wow, he's amazing. So mm-hmm. I mean, he does what he does during games. I can't. Some guys, that kind of power doesn't translate to the home run derby, but I think he's gonna be amazing tonight. Yeah, I think he's going to put on a show, a guy that has a lot of power. I'm a big Yankee fan too, Chip. I'm actually more of a basketball guy because that's a sport I played, you know, being six foot five, being able to handle the ball. You know, I was a solid basketball player myself, but baseball really is my favorite sport. Uh, and I watch every Yankee game. Been an Aaron Judge fan before the success that he's having. I've been craving and dying for that kid to get called up and then so thrilled to see the success that he's having so i'm gonna roll with him as well i think he's gonna hit some lasers tonight and, and i hope i'm hoping for the g carlo stanton and aaron judge final those two going at it that would be That's much watch tv yeah. a lot of power there be great. Yeah. absolutely <laughs> but 
we're going to wrap it up, and we'll be back next week for another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.